The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As the man said, my name is Chad Young, filling in once again for Daniel Port. The biggest news of the day, this is something I'd usually wait to talk about later, but let's just get it out there. Aaron Judge hit number 60. Just unreal what he is doing, and he's going to just keep doing it, it seems. Now to look at all the off-field action and transactions and things like that, Aaron Ashby back from Milwaukee, activated off the IL to start against the Mets, just won a couple innings and threw 41 pitches, struck out two, walked two, allowed a hit without giving up a run. Value will be limited the rest of the way, but I still like the future. Dodgers got a starting pitcher back as well, with Tyler Anderson returning from the paternity list to take his turn in game two of their doubleheader. He was solid, going six, striking out six, walking two, allowing three unearned runs on just two hits. He just keeps producing. Finally, Aaron Savali returned to start for Cleveland in a huge Central Division showdown with Chicago. Savali had to contend with a pretty poor home plate ump and was on a pitch count, but managed to go five innings, allowing two runs on four hits and a walk with two strikeouts. Dylan C struggled with the same ump and struck out only three. So it gives you a sense of those two strikeouts sounds low, but it was a tough one. Cease, by the way, walked three, gave up a run on four hits over six. Savali gets Texas next, and I like that matchup for him. Cease, if you're interested, gets Detroit next, but you don't really care who he's facing. The Yankees activated Harrison Bader Tuesday, and he was in center field hitting seventh. His lineup spot will actually be sort of an interesting thing to follow. He's not going to hit near the top of that lineup, but his fantasy value is probably higher if he hits ninth. That would put Aaron Judge right behind him, but... He was seventh in his debut, and Bader was two for four, had three RBIs and a run scored. Pretty nice way to get things started for his new team. To make room for Bader, the Yankees placed Frankie Montas on the IL. He's a safe drop and redraft now. I've also moved on in keeper leagues, mostly out of necessity. I had to make changes on Sunday and didn't know what his status was. If I could have waited and put him on the IL, I would have. So if you can stash him, I would do that. But if not, Oh, well. The Twins also lost a starting pitcher as Sonny Gray was placed on the IL with a hamstring strain. Like Montas, he's a drop and redraft at this point. It's not yet clear who will replace him in the rotation, but Louis Varland and Ronnie Henriquez are the most obvious candidates, and I don't love either for fantasy. Garrett Whitlock will undergo arthroscopic hip surgery, and that will end his 2022 season. Good news is Whitlock is expected to be ready for spring training. Now we wait to see if the Red Sox will give us any information on how they plan to use him next year. 
Sox also announced that Cutter Crawford's season is over. He's still rehabbing with the team, but will not be back on the mound. Connor Seabold rejoined the team, and he will be starting today. Atlanta is going to push back Spencer Strider and give today's start to Bryce Elder. Strider has a sore oblique, but it doesn't sound concerning. They expect him to go at some point over the weekend. Drew Smiley also being pushed back. He has shoulder fatigue. Like Strider, just getting a couple extra days. Instead, Marcus Stroman gets the start for the Cubs. A couple more starting pitchers coming back. The Yankees will be activating Luis Severino from the IL to start against the Pirates. If you have him, that's worth a start. The Phillies are going to be activating Zach Wheeler as well, and he'll be starting against the Blue Jays. That starts lessened enticing. It also sounds like Wheeler may be on a low pitch count as he works his way back. I have him in a head-to-head league with a limit on starts per week and decided against using him, but I have him in another head-to-head league with no limit and I probably will use him, so I guess it's just up to you. Not back yet, but the Rays say that Tyler Glass now will be making a rehab start in AAA Friday and could be back with the club next week when they visit Cleveland. As a baseball fan, I am thrilled. As a fantasy manager, I am thrilled. As a Guardians fan, could he just wait a few days? That would be really great. My guess is he'll be limited, but you can get good value in just 50 pitches from Tyler Glass now. In Tuesday's games, Nick Senzel collided with the wall and broke his toe. It's just remarkable how many unique injuries this guy has had. He said he expects to miss the rest of the season. Regardless, the season will end as the longest of his career. He's at 420 plate appearances in 110 games. That's more than the 414 plate appearances in 104 games he had in 2019. But it was just not a good season. He's really fallen from a hyped prospect to a post-hype sleeper to a guy you just don't need to think about for drafts next year. Shane McClanahan exited early after looking like he had shoulder discomfort. After the game, the team said it was neck tightness or spasms and that it's nothing serious. Kevin Cash said McClanahan actually wanted to stay in, but he felt it made more sense to show precaution. Honestly, if McClanahan hadn't been visibly uncomfortable, you would have been forgiven for thinking he just got pulled. Four innings, he allowed five runs, five hits, four walks, and just three strikeouts. His velocity looked fine. It was actually up a bit on his curve. But a 22% CSW and just eight whiffs on 77 pitches points to how ineffective he was. He gets Toronto next, which isn't great, but you're going to use him anyway, and you should. Patrick Corbin faced a similar issue. He was having back spasms and didn't make it through an inning. Gave up a hit, struck out one and two-thirds of an inning. We'll wait for an update to see if he's making his next start. Lastly, some very off-the-field news. Canada removing the vaccination requirement that baseball teams have been dealing with all year. That will expire at the end of the month. That matters a lot for the MLB postseason, assuming there are games in Toronto, but will have very little fantasy impact. The Red Sox are in Toronto on the 30th, 1st, and 2nd, so in theory, they could have players meet them in Toronto on the 1st, but then the Jays finish on the road in Baltimore. Looking at what happened on the field on Tuesday, J.D. Martinez homered and hit his first triple of the season. Martinez's 2021 line looks a lot better than what he's put up this year, but really he's been basically the same hitter since like mid-April of last season, and that's continued through this entire season. It's not nearly as valuable as where he was drafted. He should slip quite a bit next year, but honestly, I'm probably just going to stay away entirely. Jose Altuve heading in the opposite direction. He was two for three Monday with a walk and three runs scored, and his basically a big day away from a career year, at least as far as WRC Plus goes. His stock dropped a bit after a brutal 2020, but he's as good as he's ever been. JT Real Muto had a day, 5 for 5, a double, his 20th home run, 2 runs, 2 RBIs. Probably would have traded all that for a win, but still, he's a top-tier catcher. CJ Crone, 3 for 4, including his 29th home run. Maybe it's just because he's in Colorado, but he continues to feel overlooked for me. Don't forget him when drafts roll around next year. 
Dalton Varsho had a combo meal in the first game of the doubleheader today with his 26th home run and 11th stolen base. He has been a great value building up counting stats as a catcher, and he's been coming on strong of late. I think he's going to be primed for a really big year next year. Other home runs around the game. Rob Refsnyder hit his fifth. Rafael Devers is 27th. TJ Friedel hit number seven. Jeremy Pena hit number 19. David Bodie hit his third. Kyle Schwarber up to 40. Dalton Guthrie got his first. Matt Chapman hit his 27th. Jackie Bradley Jr. is fourth. Gunnar Henderson is third. Akil Badu hit number two. Kerry Carpenter number five. Brian Reynolds hit his 24th. That was part of a four-hit day. Rodolfo Castro got his 11th. Giancarlo Stanton's 27th homer was a walk-off grand slam. Travis Darno got his 18th. Dansby Swanson is 21st. Francisco Lindor is 25th. Pete Alonso is 37th. Matt Duffy hit his second. MJ Melendez got his 16th. Hunter Dozier his 11th. AJ Pollock hit number 13. David Villar hit number 6. Tony Kemp hit his 7th. Hassan Kim hit number 10. Ketel Marte hit his 12th. Max Muncie is 21st. Christian Walker hit his 35th. And Austin Barnes got number 8. As for stolen bases, Jared Young, no relation as far as I know, stole his first for the Cubs. Kevin Newman swiped his seventh. Michael Harris is 18th. Luis Garcia, the Nats edition, stole his third. Garrett Mitchell stole his fourth. Nate Eaton swiped his ninth. Elvis Andrews took two bags. Stephen Kwan stole his 16th. Ahmed Rosario is 17th. Owen Miller, his second. Seth Brown, his ninth. And lastly, Corbin Carroll got his first. There will be many more. A lot of interesting pitching performances to talk through, so let's try to move quickly semi-quickly a little bit quickly the marlins tried to squeeze a seventh inning out of pablo lopez i'm not sure they should have he got a couple of outs but gave up a home run and a couple singles he ended up finishing with six and two-thirds one run on five hits six strikeouts zero walks that seventh inning cost him the win too lopez has been good recently but he's had a couple blow-ups too and he gets the mets next i'm probably just going to sit that out Nestor Cortez did his thing but was inefficient and lasted only five innings giving up a run on five hits two walks four strikeouts Yankees' late heroics didn't help him get a win, though. Christian Javier had 17 whiffs in just five innings, Tuesday holding the Rays scoreless on one hit. He did allow four walks but struck out six. Javier gets Arizona next and should continue a really strong season. Luis Ortiz got a tough assignment from the Pirates, had to face the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, but handled it pretty well. Five innings, two runs, just one of which was earned, three hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Ortiz looks pretty fun, sitting high 90s, touching 100. I would grab him for his start against the Cubs next, but I don't think he's going to go super deep, and so a quality start might not be in the books. I bailed on all my Mike Clevengers, so of course he shut out the cards over five and two-thirds, giving up three hits. He had just three strikeouts and walked two. 30% CSW was nice. 12 whiffs are okay. Velocity was up. So there's some good signs here, and maybe this is Clevenger rebounding. And if that's the case, perhaps you want to use him next time out, but that one is at Coors, so no way. Dre Jameson, impressive again. Six innings, two runs, seven hits, and a walk with seven strikeouts versus the Dodgers. Oh yeah, that's good. It's unclear if he's staying in the rotation, but if he is, you might want to go get him. Charlie Morton struck out nine over five and a third innings, walking three, allowing three hits, giving up just one run, and collecting his ninth win. But with Philly next, I'm not super excited. Brian Bayo with a bit of a mixed bag against Cincinnati. Gave up a run over five innings, struck out five, plus got a W, but eight hits and two walks, no quality start. He had 15 whiffs and a 29% CSW, so this continues a really strong run he's been on. He's at Yankee Stadium next, and I would hesitate to go for that one, but I'm getting more and more comfortable with him and can't wait for his 2023 season. J.P. Sears looked as good as he ever has Monday, holding the Mariners to an unearned run on five hits and three walks with seven strikeouts over five innings pitched. Bad news is the Mets are next, and that's still just too much to risk. This is interesting, though, and it's something worth watching to see how he performs moving forward. 
Adrian Sampson took full advantage of a weak Miami team, going six innings, giving up just one run despite eight hits and a walk. He struck out only three, got the right results in the right order, I guess. But don't bank on that happening again. My two streaming recommendations for today were Joey Wentz and Austin Voth, and it went pretty well. Wentz was better, five and two-thirds shutout, allowing two hits, two walks, and four strikeouts, plus his second win. Voth lasted only five, gave up two runs on six hits and struck out three. Either one of those is really okay, though. Next time around, Voth has Houston, Wentz has Kansas City, and one of those is a good start and one of the other one's not, and I'm sure you can figure out which is which. Patrick Sandoval wasn't bad, but in a start with Texas, you wanted better than two runs and seven hits plus walks over five innings. He did strike out seven and earned a six win. Hopefully you weren't in a quality start league. Another guy you expected better from, Luis Castillo, was facing Oakland. Just four and two-thirds, four runs on six hits, two walks with just four strikeouts for his sixth loss. Just keep throwing him out there, though, despite this. He's still a very good pitcher, and hopefully he has better results ahead. Nick Lodolo with another seven strikeouts in five innings pitch, but three walks, three hits, and three earned runs aren't great. Lodolo up to 92.1 innings pitched, and while that isn't a ton, it is for him. He's never thrown more than 50.2 innings in a professional season. Hopefully he has a nice strong end of the year and is set up well for 2023 because I think it could be a really special season for him. I didn't feel great about starting Ross Stripling against Philly, but I thought he'd be okay. He wasn't. Four innings, five runs, nine hits, just three strikeouts. At least he didn't walk anyone, right? Tampa's next though, and that should be better. Not great for Carlos Carrasco either, lasting just four and giving up three runs and five hits, walking two and striking out four. He was great last time out though, and Miami's next, and yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. Adam Wainwright, six innings against the Padres, giving up four runs on six hits, two walks, and just one strikeout. Pretty ugly. I have basically stayed away from Wainwright the last couple years. I know the rates have been good, but the strikeout upside is low. And because of that, I just worry about some of these bad starts. When you get these bad starts, there's just no upside and no value in them. And when you get the good starts, you're only really getting partial value because of the lack of strikeouts. To me, if you're not getting strikeouts, the bar is really high for me to want to draft you. Looking at the bullpens, in the game of musical chairs that is the Red Sox pen, Matt Strom got the chair today, but fell off it. Gave up two runs on one hit and walked three, just getting one out before giving way to John Schreiber. The inning started with the Sox up four, so the two runs Strom allowed set up Schreiber with a save situation. He got two hitters on seven pitches and racked up his eighth save. Schreiber not the only guy getting a two-out save on Tuesday. Ryan Presley came on with one out and the bases loaded. Brian Abreu had loaded them, got a strikeout, but gave up a single and two walks. Presley struck out one, retired two, and got his 29th save. Brandon Hughes got his sixth save, giving up a hit and striking out one. Cubs aren't going to give him any chances, but he is the guy. Gregory Soto got his 26th save for the Tigers. Still safe in that job and will be the rest of the way. Down 8-4, to Araldis Chapman was practically just getting work in, taking the ninth against the Pirates. Struck out one in a perfect inning and then ended up getting his third win as Will Crow gave up five runs on four hits and a walk. That was his 10th loss in the year. Another game with an imploding pen, Taylor Rogers got the blown save, but he and Brad Boxberger were both bad. They gave up seven runs between them. That set up Edwin Diaz to go four outs with three strikeouts for his 31st save. Kenley Jansen, not particularly good, allowed an unearned run on two hits and a walk, but he struck out two and got his 36th save. Should hold that job for the rest of the year, although Rizal Iglesias is breathing right over his shoulder. 
Jimmy Herget got the save for the Angels. That was his sixth on the year. Scott Barlow got a five-out save, three strikeouts. That was his 22nd on the year. Emmanuel Classe spotted a two-run lead in the 10th, but some bad BAPIP luck left him with his fourth blown save. Some good BAPIP luck for his Guardians in the top of the 11th gave him his third win. Jake Diekman of the Sox gave up five runs in that 11th inning. For San Francisco, Harleen Garcia got his first save of the year, got just the final out at Coors to get that one. Domingo Acevedo saved his third for Oakland, and Reyes Maranta saved his first for the D-backs, getting his shot in Game 2 of the doubleheader after the pen blew the game in the first half of the twin bill. With that, let's take a quick break before we turn our attention to Wednesday. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show all right, welcome back. The first thing we do for any day, take a look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Well, the general quiet pattern t- continues today on Wednesday. Um, we will see a few showers around the Reds hosting the Red Sox. That's in Cincinnati, obviously. But this doesn't look like a postponement. As I said, the general quiet weather pattern continues. Um, so, again, good news for those DFSers and season-long people out there. Won't have to worry about postponements and just a slight chance of a delay in Cincinnati. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. It's already been a long show, so let's go a little bit quickly through the end of this thing. If you're looking for streamers, Marcus Stroman at the Marlins or Matt Manning versus the O's are both good options. If you're looking for offenses, the Dodgers facing Madbum is an obvious one, maybe a less obvious one. Connor Siebold facing the Reds and in Great American Ballpark where the ball just flies out. I think the Reds might have a big day. It was a busy day in Baseball Tuesday, so make sure you check out the SP Roundup, Reliever Ranks, and Batters Box for all the news. There's probably some stuff I didn't cover that those guys did. With that, have a good Wednesday, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.